him. This is for bleed. <laughs> uh, and it is no less awkward than the last few episodes on how to begin this. Um, but uh, today is one of our special interview episodes. Let's introduce our guest. <laughs> I'm Karina May Virapulu. <laughs> nice Virapulu. <laughs> yeah, it's a very nice name. Thank you. Is that Greek? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a long story, but I'm actually um, originally from Greece, grew up in Greece, but I'm also half Singaporean, and mm-hmm. I've lived in London for the last nine years. So that kind of kind of technically makes me a Londoner, but eh, sort of not as well. But yeah. Yeah. I'm originally from Greece. Well, actually, I think one of the first things I read of yours was London 2050. Oh, really? Oh! I think so. Ah. I bought lots of prints of yours. The yeah. first, like, start to end, like, thing I read. Um, and I find that interesting. Uh, when did you do that? How long have you been in London since then? Since oh, you did it? Um, yeah, so generally, like, I came to, I came to London for uni, so I came here in 2010 and then graduated in 2014, um, but I got into comics, like, fairly late, I think, in my life, like, I always wanted to do comics since I was a kid, but essentially, like, I kept saying that, oh yeah, I'm a comic artist, oh, I do comics, and up until the age of 23, I hadn't actually made a comic, mm. so I was like, crap, I need to actually, like, start doing stuff. Um, and LDN is actually the third comic I did. Originally, my my first comics are was the first Sapro, which was kind of like... Because when I started, um, my problem was I could never finish anything. Mm-hmm. I would always start and I'd be like, oh god, this looks, this sucks, it's horrible. Like, And I just kind of rage quit. But um, the reason why I did Sapro was because I, I wanted something that I was 100% going to finish. So I just thought it was something really basic. Pick picked a story um, that could be concluded in like eight pages. I mean, it's a, it's a short horror story about um, a kind of like... Uh, oh, shit. Oh, I'm blanking now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's essentially like a short horror story about um, a flesh-eating disease. Mm. Nice. Um, so yeah, I basically decided to make it no dialogue, no color... Um, no writing whatsoever and just kind of really work on my pacing um, mm. and actually finish it. And I did. Mm. So yeah, it turned out great. And then um, then I did Sapper 2, which is the same thing, but a slightly longer story. Um, so that ended up being 16 pages, but again, about the same flesh eating disease, but in a different <laughs> setting. Um, and then I kind of wanted to do something cool. And sci-fi. And, and with lots of colour. And with lots of colour, yeah. I was like, hey, I feel like I can level up to colour and dialogue now. Yeah. So, yeah, LDN was the comic that broke me. All right. Um, in a good way. But, like, yeah, basically it kind of... Um, I gave myself an insane deadline. Because um, mm-hmm. I kind of decided that I wanted to um, write the story and have it ready for the first convention of the year at the time. Um, and this was made in... Uh, 2017. <laughs> um, so I started not that making. Long ago. It, yeah, not that long ago, but like, yeah. Oh, I, I can't stand looking at it now. I'm like, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I okay. I noticed it wasn't one of the ones you brought as <laughs> as peace offerings. Oh, you um, already had it, so I didn't take it out of oh, my okay, bag. <laughs> no, but um, I, I I one of the things I really liked about it was I didn't. I don't think it made me realize I hadn't seen London in a future setting that much, and I actually really liked oh. seeing like. British coppers 
next yeah. to like sci-fi stuff and like recognizable locations and things. I think we may have used the same reference picture of London police people yes. <laughs> in both <laughs> comics. I generally love noticing that. I've done it a couple of times where I've seen uh, comic stuff in like Thought Bubble and things where like, I, ref- I recognise that shot and it's a reference that I have found on the internet yes. and this other person has also used it. That's so cool. Um, was mm. there a reason why you set it in London? Um, to be honest, like basically the um, the 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 concept behind LBN as a, not 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 just the story but as a concept in general was actually my um, my final major project in uni because mm. um, it was it started off as a series of illustrations that I then riso printed um, and uh, basically my final year of uni was horrible because for the first nine months I had no idea what my final project was going to be. So like at the end I was like, okay, I need to find a project. What do I like? I like sci-fi. I really want to draw something that's sci-fi and that's really cool. And also what do what skills do I lack? And it was background. I couldn't draw backgrounds at the time. So I decided, hey, it'd be pretty cool to pick locations in London and kind of like mm. spice them up with some sci-fi and future and like cyberpunk and stuff. So that's how it started. Um and the reason why I picked London was because it's it's the city I live in, um, and I just wanted to draw to draw things that were not only like familiar to me, but I could actually go and see and kind of like find really nice angles or good mm-hmm. shots, so that I could get like um, really good reference photos, but yeah. also um, kind of draw them, but still make them familiar to to Londoners, because like that's what I don't like about a lot of sci-fi. It's set in this like futuristic New York, but it's just absolutely bonkers there's no mm. reference to the current there's no touchstone yeah exactly so that's kind of what i wanted to to achieve with this was make london like make a future race at london but it's still quintessentially london yeah yeah I don't... We... Oh, well i was just gonna say i don't think there's any time soon they're just gonna be like yeah saint paul's let's just get rid of it and, <laughs> and, and, you know put up a giant glass yeah monstrosity. exactly have you read now frown mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, a comic that I've done uh, is set in London as well, and I will never forget the moment where I'm just walking down the street, just in London. I can't even remember what street it was. Though. I was walked by. And I was like, "Hmm, that shop seems familiar." Huh? It seems seems really familiar. I went inside, and I was like, "I've seen this fucking counter before." And it's the toy shop from now around, no and it is, it is it's a London location. Cool. And you see from the drawings, he just spent a load of time in that shop, like yeah. copying out the the layout and stuff. Like for me, from now around, it was a big chill. The bar that mm-hmm. they that they went to, like I used to go to the bar all the time, and I saw um, when when I saw it in the panel, it said big chill. I was like, oh. I wonder if it's the actual big chill, and then it shows the shot, in, the shot inside it. It just like I was like, whoa, holy <laughs> shit, that's a really good drawing of the big chill. It was like, yeah, that's what I love about it, because like, that's the thing. Like, that's what that, I think. That's for me what differentiates, um, what kind of makes a good artist is like that sense that they create a sense of familiarity, or like you can feel, you can get the vibe or the atmosphere like straight away, mm. and it's like, yeah. That's really cool. Like I, I, I love stuff like that. Yeah. I definitely think the ver- the first thing I saw doing that, not, not that it was the first at all, but I think was Scott Pilgrim when I knew that the locations were real. But like, manga's been doing that for so long, and yeah. 
so often I'm reading a book and I'm like, yep, that's just a street of Tokyo that you, you know. Although they do sometimes, I, I don't understand that, like, half photo, half... I don't yeah, know. Yeah, collage. But I, knowing that makes the kind of the second half of the story, which is a lot of like free running through locations, make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, that was that was the hard part. Like at some point, I was like, um, I was running really close to the deadline, and I was like, I, I need to rush this a bit more. So like, some of the background shots, I wanted to do more with it, but I just didn't have the time. Mm. But yeah, but my favorite and the worst panel was the Chinatown panel, mm -hmm. mm. Um, where there's like a big crowd of people. And at that point, I was just completely exhausted. My brain was not working. So yeah. the fun part was I posted on Facebook um, and I was like, hey, guys, I need to draw a panel with like a big crowd who wants to be in my comic. And about like 60 people replied. Mm. So every single person in that panel is someone yeah. I know. Mm. That's so nice. Yeah. yeah. I had a... Um, uh, when I drawing London, you have to draw crowds for each scenes all the time. But the problem is, we kickstarted Brigantia, which is the comic set in London. Um, and one of the reward tiers was being the comic. And um, so I wanted to do a similar thing where I was like, fit all my friends with little Easter eggs in each of the panels and stuff. But then yeah. as soon as somebody had bought that tier, you then can't take that back because they're the ones that have to be in the comic. Yeah, I know. Uh, which is a, it was a bit of a shame. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed putting the the two people that were that bought that tier got in there and it was really nice. <laughs> yeah, like the sweetest thing for me was um, uh, this guy that I used to know in um, back in uni. Um, and we, we weren't like super close, but we went out for drinks in a group setting a couple of times. I really liked him. He was really nice. And he sent me this really, like, nice message. He was like, hey, like, how's it going? Like, I know we don't talk very much, but I would really appreciate it if you could put me in. And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, and, like, at the time, like, I, I had to, like, follow, like, kind of do a little deep dive and, like, look at his Instagram. Um, and I saw that he had a, like, he, he had a girlfriend and they had a baby and, like, he had kids now. And I included the whole family and he Aww. was so happy. That was the mm. sweetest thing ever. That is so nice. <laughs> yeah. There's also nothing like doing a deep dive to get reference photos of your friend for something. <laughs> you like, feel like the creepiest person in the world. I have to do it quite a lot for like, portraits I do. Oh, um, do you want to talk a little bit about a book that you can look at that you've done? <laughs> um, I mean, at the moment, I've been enjoying a little bit of Croblin. Yay! <laughs> um, would you say that's like your current... like? Yeah, it's kind of like, it's 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 basically something that I do 100% for fun, like, mm. um, it's because I wanted to start a webcomic, because so far, all of, unfortunately, all of the comics that I've made are only in print, and I'm a really bad professional, I don't have a webshop, and I always forget to stock my comics at Gosh and stuff, um, so I wanted to, ha to make something that I could just put up on the internet that was good fun, like, maybe, like, have more people read my stuff and gain more of a following, um, so yeah, Croblin's basically, like, it's gonna sound really lame, but essentially it's it's me and my boyfriend, but our like stupid idiotic personas. Yeah. Mm. So like I'm gob goblin and he's Croco. Um. So like we tend to write all of the story together. Mm. Yeah. And they're not even we don't even write them. We're like walking down the street and be like, oh hey, imagine if like Croc and Goblin walk down the same street. Like what would happen? Yeah, and that's a really nice thing to have your partner. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. One thing I quite like about it is it it's not going for complete one-to-one -one hashtag relatability, 
but it and like in the ones I've sort of read, like they they're still monsters and they're still in this kind of slightly surreal world. Yeah. But that makes it kind of more It has big relatable re- energy. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Like it's not like I do that, it's I would do that if I was a goblin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and I like when they're not they're not just like fursonas in the sense that they are you guys but drawn that way. I like when you actually use stuff like the like horn to put stuff like <laughs> and use as like, a hook and things like that and like I don't know, I just I like when things are, you know, semi surreal and then you can kind of dip either way of whether it is very a human moment or a very monstrous moment. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I like as well. It's not like um uh it's character design, but I like to... Generally, when I design a character, I like to use various elements of them. It's not just, like, oh, stick, an, stick a bunch of wings on a character because it looks mm. cool. Like, I like it when there's... You can actually use things for story, storytelling purposes. Mm. And, yeah, it's... Yeah, I forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is really cute. Oh, thanks. And, like, how have you found it making it webcom- like a webcomic? Um, I kind of think I suck at it in the sense Mm -hmm. that like um I so far thankfully I've kind of more or less posted a comic a week but um the thing that I struggle with is kind of creating enough as a buffer and I'm kind of starting to run out Mm -hmm. of chapters um but at the same time I'm trying really hard to not get too stressed about it because it is for fun and I do it because like I want to I don't do it because I have to when you publish uh, it as a webcomic, are you mm-hmm. publishing these two? No. Ones, or are you publishing a whole page? Um, so I'm publishing the whole page. So like this would be a chapter. So I would post like, um, by the way, guys, whoever hasn't read it yet, it's both on <laughs> Tapas and Webtoon as The Adventures of Crublin. Sorry if I haven't given no, any no, no. like um, reference point. But yeah, basically like, because um, I wanted to... Um, uh, kind of figure out a layout that can work for every social media and also for print. Um, yeah. The way I post it on the webtoon and tapas is basically um, vertically, so it would be this panel and then the this panel underneath it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then thankfully that works for Instagram as well, so it's just like squares. So on Instagram it's like this is one square, that's the other one. La, yeah. la, la, la. Um, I can't take credit for that idea. I stole it off of somebody else's comic. Um, oh god, what's it called? I can't, oh, I can't remember the artist, but he's really good. Um, <laughs> I think it's something, something Temple, but he used the same layout. Mm. Um, uh, I can Google it later so we can put his name on the credits because his comic's really good. But yeah, I stole it off of him because he used the same kind of like square format and I was like, huh, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, if you've got something that is across multimedia and now given that we have all these different kinds of uh, platforms where... We want to create content that we can put on all of them. Uh, you, you know, we've got tablets and everything as well. Um, it was really interesting uh, for me when um, I learning about uh, double page spreads uh-huh. being a huge no no uh, in modern comics that you want to have on tablets and oh. stuff because they don't have the same impacts as a comic. When you're yeah. opening it, you have to like when you have that full page spread you're like scrolling around and trying to look at it in different ways yeah. it's got a different completely different format that makes yeah that, that's that's really interesting one because um 
I went to a talk by Nakurasawa like last month and he raised the exact same issue. Basically, he is staunchly against reading comics on your phone or your tablet or your laptop because of that exact reason. Yeah. Where basically like you lose a lot of the impact because you don't have that double page spread. But then again, you know, some people don't have time and yeah. you're reading I mean our, our friend Albert um Alberto like just reads everything like, yeah. online. Um, and he's like one of the biggest comic book like readers that I know of. Yeah, I think it's good that everything's available Everything's accessible, mm. um, but it just has to be dependent on like what is the kind of book you're making. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, sometimes the page turn is very important. Mm-hmm. I find that when like I read a lot of horror manga. Yeah, and like for sure. that like dare you turn, <laughs> and, like folding it back kind of stuff. Um, it's just different, um, and like I think something that I've been I've frustrated about with web comics is stuff like Instagram and places is you're kind of dependent on whatever the social media is deciding is the format that year, and they have full reign to change it. Um, yeah. I find it quite hard to keep up with. Well, I just, I've given up on ever thinking, like, Twitter will make my work look nice. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> just, the cropping is just horrendous. Like, you can't, you have no control over what they're going to see of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's admirable that you're... You're using tapas, which I always thought was good because that's where I put Dead Endia originally. Oh, really? Yeah. It's um, it's it's a weird one. Like I haven't I use both of them, so both tapas and webtoon. Um, there's I think webtoon has more of an audience, but I prefer the actual like, um, mm. sort of like user base. Yeah, user base of tapas. Mm. But I mean, I don't know. Like I posted on both just in case. Yeah. So, we have some questions that we ask all of our guests, and you may interpret these questions how you wish. Sick. Uh, (laughs) um, And the first one is our vaguest and most open, and that is, why comics? Well, that's that's the question that um, I was really kind of like thinking about it, and like I was trying for ages to figure out why, and I had all these like super deep, like answers to and at the end of the day I was like I just do it because it's fun (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just fun like um I mean I love making stories and again you can get into the whole thing whereas like comics are the easiest and most cheap way to tell a story but at the same time like I always love drawing I always love telling stories and I just love the playfulness of comics because you can do so many things it's such a it's, it can be quite limiting, but because of those limitations, it just makes it so much more fun. Because, I mean, like, I everybody was like, oh, you should do cartoons, you should be an animator. And I was like, yeah, but you have to draw the same thing so many times and mm-hmm. I can't do that. I'm really lazy. And then I'm terrible with words. And the, the thing that remains after that is comics. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do both. And... There's some things that are fun in animation that you can't do in comics. Like, I, mm. I love working with sound, and I actually did briefly try to do a musical comic <gasps> that you had to, like, listen along to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I love that freedom. No. But obviously things take a lot longer, and I, I think, I genuinely think, it's funny that I said on a previous episode that, like, it's one of the cheapest ways to, like, 
get your story across. But I genuinely feel like if I won the lottery, I'd still make comics. Mm, I'd probably make more comics. I'd have, like, the time to finally write some good comics. Um, And I just think, I think certain people have a need. That's their way of having fun. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those people. It's like, um, I mean, because I work as an illustrator now, so drawing has become my job. and kind of like when, when I'm not working or um, I used to be freelance and I work in-house, but when I was freelance, like I would basically work all day and then I wouldn't know what to do with myself because I was sick of drawing because I'd been doing it for 10 hours at that point. And you're exhausted. Like, and I'm exhausted. And then it's like, oh shit, what do I do now? <laughs> Whereas, I mean, like now that I've kind of gotten more into a routine, thanks to my nine to five job, yay. <laughs> um, I find that Croblin has become fun for me it's it's because i mean i draw for my day job but it's the making of the comic that's the fun part because um i find drawing panels like insanely satisfying i hand letter all my comics because it's just like a really nice like soothing process um so yeah it's just i don't know like if i don't make a comic i feel bad because i mean i can draw as much as i want but I love illustration, but it's not telling a story. And I kind of mm. have this need to just kind of tell stories, even even if it's really dumb about, like, taking your goblin to get washed. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. The, when uh, Dead Endia went... So the second book is not a webcomic, and it was just made as a graphic novel. And that's been good for a lot of reasons, but... Oh, the no-brow did. Yeah. Uh, so it's no longer a webcomic, and I really miss the, like weekly bit of adrenaline of like <laughs> uh having this little deadline to do something that you like um and just getting it out there no matter what mm. and getting a little bit of feedback and i found it really hard to basically do the same thing but as a book where i was drawing like 200 pages but no one was commenting on them and saying yeah. <laughs> that they liked it yet and like now as a book every individual page has got lost whereas in the first book every page had comments on or yeah. A little bit of engagement each time and you got to like really draw out stuff. And that was bad for certain things. But I do really miss web comicking. And I think if I were to do it again, I wouldn't try and do like a really long sprawling plot. I'd mm. like just make something that satisfies me and yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. I mean, one of my favourite comics of yours is the twenty four hour comic where it was a day in the life of Hamish. Mm. And that's still one of my favourite things to read oh, when thank like you. Um, well, like, especially in the bathroom, because I'm like, oh, what do I read? What do I read? I've got, like, Mobius on there, and I've got, like, I don't know, uh, 20th Century Boy, and all these, like, really, you know, things that I should read, because I haven't finished them yet, and then I'm like, no, I'll take Oh, that's nice. I mean, I've thought a little bit about doing them when it's not 24-hour comic day. You know, fuck that. It's hard. Yeah, but I've got ideas, but then, like, I need that crazy pressure. I need that attention. <laughs> I always miss it. Yeah. I, I, uh, Sammy Boris is the one that's always like, it's next it's week. It's coming. It's, it's tomorrow. Everyone, it's tomorrow. Don't. And then I'm, I just forget. <laughs> oh, bless Sammy. She actually did remind me. So thanks, Sammy. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was the first comic you remember reading? Oh, that's, yeah, that's that's a really hard one because I can't remember a specific comic. It was, comics have basically always been a part of my life ever since I can remember myself. I was always reading comics because um, my dad is basically like an adult kid. So when I was born, he already had 
pretty much most of the Asterix and Obelix comics. Mm. So yeah. before I could even read, I was reading those, like just looking at the images and laughing at the funny drawings and stuff. Um, so, um, I mean, I don't know what the comics culture as a kid was in Britain, but in, in Greece, like everywhere you go, you can buy a comic. Like there's mm -hmm. a very, very strong, um, culture of just reading them. Like there's loads of little magazines that come out every week and stuff. So they were always everywhere. And it was a huge part of my childhood to like, I read a lot of like Asterix and Obelix, a lot of the sort of like Disney ones. So like. Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse and like Scrooge McDuck and stuff. Um, I can't remember a specific. So like, yeah, generally those are the things that were bread and butter for me. But the first time I read um, a comic and I thought, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, was um, the Scrooge McDuck stories by Don Rossa. Because uh -huh. mm -hmm. he... I, and I only realized this quite recently, but he is probably the biggest influence in my own comics. Yeah. Because he is... I mean, I mean, yeah, it's like Disney licensed characters, which is not the most interesting thing in the world. Or, like, it doesn't seem like the most interesting thing in the world, but he manages to bring so much personality into it because, A, he's an incredible draftsman, but... Um, the thing that really sets him apart from all the other um, Disney comics that I that I had read a lot at the time is he basically imbues so much personality in every single character. And these are, like, characters that we all know. So, like, you know, how we all know what Donald Duck's shtick is, but, <laughs> like, we, we never really had... He never really had personality, and mm. Don Rossa does this amazingly, like... If you have you read um, Scrooge McDuck, the Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck? I have no. I've seen a couple of illustrations from. It's amazing. Um, it's basically like Scrooge McDuck is probably one of my favorite comic characters ever because <laughs> like it basically starts off as him being like really poor in Scotland, like when he was a kid, they, he came from nothing, and then it kind of um, takes um, the story is basically like how he became this really like super rich really mm. stingy duck and it's kind of like taking the reader through like the trials and tribulations like how he got his success like the the various like downfalls that he had that he had to overcome and it's just so interesting and he's so funny but um but yeah my, my other favorite thing about him is that he always puts a little like like, he, he, you have the main plot happening where, you know, the ducks are all talking to each other, but there's always something really funny happening in the background. Mm. Mm. Like, there'll be a mouse trying to steal some cheese from a plate, but then, like, another mouse comes in and, like, punches him in the face, and this all happens in the background. Yeah. And that's something that I really... That really stayed with me, and I was like, I'm gonna do that in my comics. Mm. <laughs> have you watched any of the new DuckTales? No, I really want to, though. They're great fun. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But I... My overwhelming feeling of, like, the rest of Europe is that they had much more nutritious comic uh, diets growing up. Yeah. A little bit. Did, yeah. I mean, not to rag on Beano and stuff over here, <laughs> but... Did you, did you actually grow up reading Beano and Dandy? No. Yeah, because I think Joe and I talked about it a bit, but you didn't jump in on that. No. Uh, it's just that, like, I mean, when we went to Italy, I remember seeing just, like... Lot more variety of comics at every newsstand. And France had wicks, like comic fairies, and I like saw them like when I was like in France with the family. 
And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, look at this amazing, like, comic that's drawn in a way that's so different from the comics yeah. we have in um, um, uh, England, uh, because that was, like, actually, you know, proportioned properly and with, like, really elegant line work. And yeah. Beano and Dandy, I grew up reading the Beano. Um, I don't know. It's hard to describe the kind of, like, classic round-limbed... It's... Knobbly it's, knees. Yeah. I always think that... It's our... not particularly charming. We, like, lean gross. Yeah. Like, on purpose. Mm. And I think that's, like, partial, like, self-deprecation-y kind yeah. of thing. Because they're always the hero protagonists and they're always mean, ugly people. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's the, like yeah, that's that's the thing because like I always craved things that had a really like I really like things that are you know funny gags. I like laughing at things, but I mean the joke only goes so far. Like I always was drawn to things that had more like meat behind them. Like there was yeah. a bit, always a bit of world building happening behind it. Yeah. Um. So that's why I I really still love like Asterix and Obelix. Um, it's probably one of my favorite comics. Like I uh, whenever I go back to Greece, I always end up reading them, and it's kind of like seeing an old friend again it's like oh <laughs> yeah oh um before did you did you mention which uh wix oh wix yeah is it oh, the winks i don't know yeah 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 like there was another one that i read that uh basically was another really really huge embarrassingly huge influence on me told me how to draw and yeah. i don't know if it's the same one but it's which which is like w-i-t-c-h it's basically like a combination of um, Captain Planet and Sailor Moon. No, it's mm. not. That. Uh, that sounds good. Though. That one's amazing. Like it's done by the same guy who did Sky Doll, and it's like, oh yay, wings! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the the one I'm talking about is similar, but it's even more like amazingly drawn. Um, and that's the that's the ones that yeah, there we go. Um, the ones that. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah! We are, for oh. the readers at home, <laughs> <laughs> comparing. Yeah, shit, I found this in a fucking so um, good. Uh, you know, corner shop in France. Yes. And bought it, and like it, my art similarly was just so like elevated by. Oh, it's so nice! It's like, mm. yeah, it's it completely just. That, that basically marks like a big, big high point. Yeah, like, and, and when you've got like um, uh, Dennis the Menace. As your yeah, I mean, how can you yeah, that? Like, it's so like <laughs> charming and yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it was basically like a really, really good comic for girls that wasn't yeah. just frou frous and frills and like ooh, yeah. boys, mm. yay, mm, boys. <laughs> um, what's your favorite comic at the moment? Oh God, um, there's there's so many because I'm reading like ten at the same time. I I I basically inhale manga mm. um there's so there's different ones like i don't have one favorite comic but there's different comics that fill like fulfill different like needs, needs yeah so um my favorite comic that i've read recently is this insane manga called doro hedoro which is the most metal thing you've ever seen it's like it's a, it's amazing it's it's like um basically like a story about um, a guy with a crocodile, he- with a lizard head, 
I'm listening. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, he basically doesn't know how he could... Because it's, it's set in this, um, like, semi-post-apocalyptic but semi-fantasy universe where magic users exist. And there's this big conflict between magic users and non-magic users. Because basically, like, the magic users use the non-magic users for, like, experiments and stuff, which is how the main guy got his lizard head. But he doesn't know how, and he doesn't he doesn't want he doesn't know how he got it, and he wants his original face back. And it's basically just does he remember what he used to look like? No, nothing. So there's big mystery. He doesn't remember anything. He wakes up in this horrible place called Hole. Um, doesn't remember who he is, how he got there, why his why he looks like a lizard now, and basically like um, he just kind of hacks and slashes his way through the magic world. Trying to find the guy who turned his head into a lizard. And it's great. So cool. Like the art is insane. It's done in this like really, really like scratchy, detailed style. Like um, everybody is just wearing black all the time. Like it's just really grungy and just really grimy and just oh, it's metal as fuck. It's so cool. It's like that's one of my favorite comics because like it looks cool and the characters are just so funny and so interesting and yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, so that's that's my favorite manga uh, comic that I've read. Um, but the my favorite comics in terms of like stuff that I want to draw mm-hmm. um, are actually these ones. So um, when I went to TCAF, um, mm-hmm. I was super happy that Freddie Carrasco was there because I think he's one of the best comic artists at the moment. Like his um, he. He does, like, his style is quite, like, Taiyo Matsumoto-y, but um, Hot Summer Nights is the comic that he made with Piao, which is basically about a bunch of kids, like, doing weed for the first time. Mm. And um, it's done in this really simplistic style that um, I was quite surprised that he used, but basically the pacing of this comic is just genius. Like, Mm. the tension of, of, like, um, kind of, like, he does, he does tension so well and yeah it's basically like a comic that i wish i made (laughs) and then the other one is navel gazing by g magariba um published by shortbox which is basically about um uh, a kid kind of looking into his belly button and gets sucked into this really dream world (laughs) um yeah just a really short comic but um the thing that i like about it most is the first few pages where it just shows this kid come into his house and just like basically get into bed and just look at his phone until he falls asleep and it's just so what i like about it is just it's so personal and quite relatable but it kind of i don't know it's like it it gives you a snapshot into somebody else's routine or life and I'm I'm a bit of a um voyeur like i like that kind of stuff like mm. when you're on the double decker bus like the top floor and yeah it's watching not, everybody like, yeah watching everybody like watch tv or you know yeah. make dinner and i i love that <laughs> so yeah these are these are the two comics that i kind of look at when i want to make comics mm. Mm. so it's like more of an influence rather than just like passively reading it if that makes sense yes yeah sorry that was really long tangent it does make sense um, so, what's a piece of advice, no matter how big or small, that you'll always remember receiving? Ooh, uh, yes. 
there is one that I've actually stuck to and it really, really helped me um, basically start projects or generally like it really like helped me make comics. Um, and it was given to me by my friend Elias Kiriazis, who is probably one of the one of the few Greek comic artists that um, have actually found mainstream success and tends to work for the big two. Um, and generally, like, he's kind of, like, um, the person, everybody who wants to start comics in Greece that goes to, like, everybody goes to ask him about advice. And he gave me this really good piece where basically he said, don't start a project that's bigger than, that's more pages than all of the pages you've drawn in total, like, throughout your career. So, like, oh. yeah, so I thought that was really useful. So, like, for example, if your first comic was eight pages um and your second comic was 14 pages don't start anything that's bigger than what's eight plus 14 <laughs> we're all artists here <laughs> <laughs> we get the idea uh, yeah that's 24 yeah so like sure don't, yeah don't, don't do a comic like don't don't do a comic like if you've only done like let's say 13 pages throughout your entire career don't start a comic that's like 150 yeah because you're not going to finish it mm. so yeah that's that's the that's the piece of advice that it has been the most useful to me. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. That's advice that I've never considered before. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the big thing that I really struggled with when I first started out was just finishing things. Because yeah. I, I always thought I was really lazy. But it's not that I was lazy. I was just intimidated. Like, you mm. know, you can't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like, thinking you're lazy is quite a comic thing because I don't think any comic makers really lazy if they're no. making co- if they're, especially if they're making comics in their own time like yeah. they I think there's a lot in the whole industry about like uh, comics can be your hobby but yeah. also reminding yourself that it, it can also be work and it is valid work yeah <laughs> it's really tough sometimes I struggle with uh, sustained and motivated time management, I think, because yeah. I'm you know, working a job and also producing a um, 24-page quarterly zine. Uh, and like between those two, also trying to do my own stuff. And I'm like... <laughs> 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 yeah, and I just finding never having the time and then being exhausted all the time yeah. is... And then also feeling like I'm not producing enough work. Know, it's, it's stupid. It's so yeah. dumb. Like I've never. I don't think I've ever met a comic artist who has not been burnt out at some point in their life. Yeah. And it's just something that we all suffer from, unfortunately. Um, and like I think various people for different reasons, but it's always like a common thread. Like, um, because unfortunately, like I feel that we draw a lot of our self worth from our work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we don't, if we don't keep producing things, then it goes <laughs> like all the way down. Yeah. Like, but I fun, remember? Yeah, yeah well, I had <laughs> comics are fun. Do it. It's fun. Was like, why are you doing this? Like, why have you got so much on? And I'm like, because if I stop, nothing will fall, fill the void. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if I stop, I'll hate myself. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what I struggle with. Just kind of like finding a happy medium. It's either everything at the same time or nothing at all. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't do. Yeah, sustained. Sort of like healthy. Um, work-life balance. We'll all get there. We'll get there, yeah. We can do it. Right, well, um, 
where would we be seeing you next, potentially, table tabling wise? Are you tabling Ooh. anything this year? Yeah, um, I'm doing uh, oh God, Hackney Comic and Zine Fair. I can't remember yes. what the date is, but it's basically like just a single day, um, just small little like um, comic and zine festival at London Fields Brewery, um, organized by Joe Stone, who. Like essentially, what he's done is is he's basically throwing a big comics party at a brewery. <laughs> um, so there's going to be loads of beer and loads of comics, um, and I can't wait for it because I'm going to get. I was so saying about <laughs> organizing things at a brewery. <laughs> it's, <That's>, uh... <laughs> it's such a good idea. Like yeah. I, I, the the best thing about it was like that made me laugh. Was um, basically like when we were exchanging emails, I was like, okay, great, like let me know how much the table is and I'll wire you some money. And he was like, oh no no no, the tables are free. But we do have a certain like number we have to hit at the bar, so save your money, spend it, spend it on beer. I was like, say no more, <laughs> man after my heart. Um, but yeah, and then afterwards I'm doing um, Thought Bubble in yeah. September, November, November. It's November. Okay, early November. November ninth, oh, wow. maybe. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> some point, yeah, at some point this year. Um, in Harrogate. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of worried. Like I don't know if it's gonna be better. No foot traffic kind of yeah. thing. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be great. I mean, to be honest, like I never go to Thought Bubble to make money. I just go to Thought Bubble to like hang out with my friends <laughs> and to go and look at everything else that's out there and just be yeah. completely. I'm trying to make enough money to spend money. Yeah, yeah. Same. Um. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We'll all be there. Yay. Um. Is there anything you want to plug? Um. I mean, read my yeah. webcomic. <laughs> um, yeah, like, uh, I've got the the Croblin webcomic. Um, it's called Adventures of Croblin, and it's available on Tapas and Webtoon. And also I post it on all my social media, and it's completely free. Um, and also another one of my, my... My other favorite project is probably the Comic Book Slumber Party anthology mm-hmm. that I made, like... Earlier this year, it was released last year, but it's, to this day, it's still my favorite comic that I've worked on. Um, and it's called Escape from Bitch Mountain, so it's kind of like um, the Hangover movie meets Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's really funny, if I say so myself. <laughs> and uh, where can people find you on the social medias? Oh, uh, I am both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Karina May, so K O R I. Double N A M E I. I think I spelled that right. Yes. So yeah, that's me. Excellent. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank it's you for having me. You said some amazing little things about comics and truth and fun and, and <laughs> happiness. Uh, and happiness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Oh, you can also still see your artwork on the side of Gosh. Is it still up there? Oh, yeah. there it is, yeah. Oh, I went the other day. Yay. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they've put it on for that long. That was really fun. It's really cool. How'd that happen? Oh, um, they basically just emailed me like, hey, do you want to do the window for free comic book day? And I was like, yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. It was, on my, it was on my bucket list, so Aww. I'm glad everybody likes it. It's really cool. Cool. Um... I'm Hamish. <laughs> I'm Melissa. Uh, and that was Full Bleed. Yeah, peace out, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Full Bleed. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Full Bleed Pod, where you'll also find our individual accounts. Thanks for listening.